In today's episode of the Iman Wire podcast. If the call-out culture or keeping it real or, you know, saying it as it is, is simply a reflection of my nafs, then that's a problem. I mean, that's a problem. That's a big problem because that's that's chaos. That's a lot of nufus just, you know, being spilt out into the public sphere. And and we know that our nufus very often, the standard of it is amara bisu. Right? It is inclined towards evil or imploring us or compelling us to evil. So we have to be very careful that we don't put ourselves out there too much. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Manwar podcast. Salim here with uh, my co host, Ghaydar. Assalamu alaikum. Waalaikumsalam. Good to see you. Thank you so much for having us. And joining us today is our guest, Yasser Fami from the ISBCC community uh, in Boston, um, who was on the show some time ago. Uh, talking, we talked a little bit about masjids and uh, some of also his experiences, and we're just glad to have him back. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh Yasser. Welcome again. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah wa barakallahu alaikum. khair for having me. It's good to have you. It's good to have you. And um, our topic today uh, actually uh, was something that grew out of. Um, uh, some offline discussions just uh, that we've been having about this idea, Sheikh Yasser, of um, of uh, keeping it real, mm. as, as they say. And there's a lot of like there's certain elements that that go into this this idea, and it's typically considered something which is very positive because yeah. um, you know it's about being authentic um, to yourself and being being being. Uh, um, not being somebody else, yeah. not um, you being true to yourself, mm-hmm. and 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 also speaking speaking truthfully. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but there also may be some um, extremes that may come about as a result of some of this this idea of uh, you know, for example, uh, of not sugarcoating things, of just being brutally honest. Mm-hmm. And uh, it'd be interesting to to hear some of your thoughts about. Um, First, the positives of uh, and and the need to be authentic, and then maybe then at that point that we can also see about like, what are some of the things that we need to be aware of and mm. be wary of in in, in uh, this sort of idea. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a big topic. Uh, Bismillah. The, I mean, I I think there's just a, f- a few terms that need to be uh, clarified in in the beginning. Like, you know, what is it? What does it mean to be true? Um, what does it mean to be honest? Um, what does it mean to be honest to myself? I mean, th- that's a very loaded word, in mm. my opinion. When you say I'm honest, you know, I'm being truthful to myself. What is myself? Like, wh- who am I precisely? Like, what what makes up who am who a- I am? That I have to be, you know, honest to myself. Um, because, you know, the Prophet says, you know, a'da aduak. You know, your your worst of enemies is the self that is within you. And so, you know, the 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 Arab, the Egyptians and the Arabs in general, when they when they when they want to tell you, you know, beware or be careful, they'll say, Now, if you actually translate that literally, it means take caution or be aware. Of yourself, right? Khud balak min nafsak, right? So you you need to you need to yourself, right? Or khali balak min nafsak, khali balak min nafsak. Khali means to empty. Balak means your your thought or your awareness of yourself. So empty yourself of yourself is how the Arabs learn to say, take care of yourself. Mm. 
right? That, yeah. And that, that's profound. What do know? we say here, Salim? Check yourself before yeah, check you yourself. That's exactly. Check yourself <laughs> before you wreck yourself. So, yeah. so no, but it's a matter of like you have to you have to be remarkably self-aware of your haqiqa before you can be truthful to yourself. Because if what if what the manifestation today of being truthful to yourself is, which is to basically speak out and to overtly articulate my thoughts and my feelings and my reflections and to just do it all the time, you know, daily or hourly or even momentarily, whether it's through Snapchat or Instagram or, or Twitter or Facebook, and it's just a, a, a endless stream of self, you know, and consciousness of self that's just being put out there, unfiltered. Well, perhaps it's a very dangerous precedent that's developed because everything that we see in our prophetic tradition is one of, you know, right? Those who, who believe in Allah and the afterlife, then, then let them say good or to stay quiet, right? So staying quiet is essential in the prophetic path. And only speaking when you need to speak, right? And so, I think perhaps there are some virtues. There's no doubt, you know. For the Prophet ﷺ commanded in the Quran, "Fasda bima tu'mar." You know, go out and 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 call and and speak confidently with what you were commanded with, right? So speak, balligh. You know, ma Be go out and call and relay that which you were, you know, sent with. So there is definitely a space, a place, a method, an approach, and a type of speech that we can say is meaningful to be out there, and that needs to be said. But if 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 the call out culture or keeping it real or you know saying it as it is is simply a reflection of my nefs, right? Then that's a problem. I mean, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Because that's that's chaos. That's a lot of nufus just be, you know being spilt out into the public sphere, and and we know that our nufus very often the standard of it is amarabisu, right? It is inclined towards evil or imploring us or compelling us to evil. So we have to be very careful that we don't put ourselves out there too much. Because number one, it puts us at risk, ma Allah subhanahu wa taala. When we put my, when I put myself out there, it's a very vulnerable and compromised state, you know, to put myself out there. Um, you know, I can tell you somewhere where we will, we would love to be hidden, and that is the afterlife. Yawm al-Qiyamah, we, we, we would, you know, <laughs> we're going to desire and yearn to be unseen and hidden. If we could just be a speck on the floor, we would prefer that. We'll be fleeing. Right from sight, but there is nowhere to flee from. You cannot. You will always be in sight. So perhaps there is undoubtedly a correlation between being hidden in the afterlife necessitates being hidden to some extent in the dunya, right? And and only being present when you have objectively analyzed like virtue in doing so. Right, and that you've really considered and measured what it is that you're putting out there, you know. But if if it's if it's indulging certain nafsani desires, you know, Ghaidar is someone that 
I, I just, I really have a problem with. And he's a public figure or he's someone who's out there tweeting and, and, and Facebooking or whatever it is. And then he, he makes a mistake. And then I'm, you know, I'm right there to be the first one to say my opinions on what Ghidar, yeah. you know, has done. Yeah. You know, what, what, what's really compelling that? Is that some objective virtue? Take a screenshot of my status first. <laughs> yeah, or is, that, or, is that, or is that some shahwa? Is that a shahwa playing out? Because it's, 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 this, is, this is a disease that we all have to be careful with, right? Is it a shahwa that's playing out? Or is there a clear objective virtue? Uh, very interesting that you mention, uh, you know, how we wish to be hidden, you mm -hmm. know, unlike what's permeating now on social media per se or in the public spaces. You know, it's the exact opposite. And it's probably because of how we believe in it's in our tradition that we wish to be hidden because of the immense accountability yes. of the immense price to pay no. you know uh, and and that you know kind of propels us to be like okay i just want to be a speck mm -hmm. on some you know i just want to be a fly on the wall maybe more of an actualizing or more of a, a realizing of uh of that accountability needs to happen now so that we can desire that you know uh, you know inwardly and you know naturally desire that you know i really want to speak when it's really necessary, when something that is uh, spoken of, uh, you know, from my side is something that is, you know, of khair and not reflecting on the nafus. So I guess I wanted to ask you the first thing is, okay, uh, we understand that we need to, uh, you know, find that balance, but what is it about ourselves that we need to understand whenever something happens, whether it's on Facebook or on, uh, you know, in front of uh, a gathering or uh, either in a public place or a private place? What is it that I have to discern, you know, when it comes to my initial desire to speak? Yeah. Is it coming from my aql? Is it coming from my nafs? Is mm -hmm. it coming from my heart? Is my heart clouded? Yeah. All of that, I wanted to kind of bring it first. You know, this is, I think this is precisely the, the, the path that we have to consider because every moment is a moment of muhasaba. You know, for the, for the, uh, for the spiritual seeker, the one who's trying to attain the, the pleasure in the rida of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it always must be a, a process of self-accounting, Right. So rather than being true to myself as it is, and that's very often a flawed state, it's a question of, hold on, perhaps I need to be in a state of self-rectification, right, and self-purification um, that will beget, right, the, the ultimate truth, and that is the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Because the only, the only way to be essentially truthful with a capital T is when you are oriented around al-haq, right? That is the only time you are absolutely true. If we're gonna use the word truth, then we have to talk about al-haq, Allah, because he is the only truth with a capital T. Everything else is contingent, everything else is subjective, everything else is possible. So I would say the first step, when I see something, right? Because obviously we're, we are, we're, I mean, first off, we are way too plugged in and, the, and we are seeing everything all the time. And this is remarkably unnatural and remarkably unhealthy. There's the, 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 your, your senses, as they were created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the, the, the jawarih, the limbs, the eyes, the ears, um, the mind, all of the spiritual anatomy, the qalb, the ruh, the nafs, they were not created 
to be plugged in and to have endless streams coming into my system, whether by headphones or whether by what I'm viewing with my eyes and looking through, you know, just scrolling and looking literally at streams, right, of information. So first off, I have to ask myself, you know, for example, when you look at the Sahaba, when they would walk into the souq, they would do ghaddul basar <laughs> and ghaddul udhunayn. You know, they would lower their gaze in the marketplace and they would, they would put, they would, you know, close their ears. They would close their ears because they didn't want to hear things that were frivolous. And they didn't want to see things that were problematic potentially. They didn't want to see things that would, 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 would cause them doubts about themselves, right? Or they would find fitna in, like I see something that I really like. How often when we're driving around, we're looking around, we're seeing, we're scrolling online, we see other people and what they're doing, what they're, and we become maftunin. We become tried and tested, like, oh, look at what other people are doing, look what this person's accomplished, look what this person has done. And very often it's not, Masha Allah, may Allah increase them. It's like, man, I am like, where, how come, you know, where am I? What, what, what do I not have? How come I don't have this? Well, why are you exposing yourself to that stuff in the first place? You know, it's not as if it's compelling me towards khair. Very often, it's compelling me towards a, a self, a, a place of 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 self-deprecation, a place of self-doubt, uh, where I feel bad about myself. Right? I begin to really like you know envy other people. It's it's a very t so this being plugged in is the first step, <laughs> right? Because unfortunately, and, and you know this is a point that I, I believe I've mentioned in the past, but. We've allowed the means to define how we, how we live, how we think, how we feel, how we process, how we process ideas. You know, we, we've allowed the, you know, 140 character kind of phenomena to, 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 to force our thought process. So I want to think in a way that it can be put into a soundbite, into a, a, a set of characters, and I process thoughts and ideas and, oh, something happened. How can I react to it in a way in which it's catchy and quick and people will, you know, you know, latch onto it, share it, whatever, like it, all that kind of stuff. Subscribe, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's a, that's a phenomenon that is extremely pervasive. And if we don't proactively learn to disengage and to only engage when we choose to engage, because there is clear virtue in engaging, then we are just, you know, foam on top of the sea. And that's, that's precisely what the Prophet ﷺ spoke about when there will come a time when the Muslims will be kuthur, they will be large in numbers. However, like foam on top of the sea, right? And then, you know, uh, is, you know, perhaps we're just, you know, the means and the modalities are telling us to progress in a certain direction. So we're just, we're following suit. So the first thing I would say is, you know, after unplugging, you know, and and really realizing that I should not be this um, aware of what's happening as it is. It's not healthy. I'm not. I'm not meant to be aware of what Allah is the one who is al-alimul khabir. You know, my duty is not to be aware of every nuance. I mean, we have this what, FOMO, right? Yeah, fear, <laughs> fear of missing out. out. Yeah. You know, I need to know what's happening and I, I, you know, what's up today. Oh, did you hear? Oh, did you not hear? Did you see what so-and-so, right? Oh, did you see what so-and-so, okay, what happened? Oh, quick. Oh, no, I was, I was at work. 
You know, I was in Salah. Sorry, astaghfirullah. I was in Salah, so I missed, yeah, <laughs> you know, this, this new... Yeah. I mean, that's a really problematic development. I was in Salah. What did I miss? I yeah. missed your Salah. No, I didn't <laughs> miss my Salah. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I was in Salah, right? And so, so number one, unplug. Number two, listen, if you see someone in a compromised state, you see someone doing something that is wrong, bad, you don't like, you think is offensive, please, first and foremost, look at the scorpion that's about to bite your neck rather than the fly that's in someone else's eye, right? Because we have this obsession with corrective measures that must be taken to fix the problems that I see out there because clearly the evil is out there. It's in this person. It's manifested in this person's aqwal, these person's statements or actions or behaviors, and this person needs to be called out and they have to be, you know, um, shamed publicly so that good can prevail. Does that ever work? Beyond, beyond, beyond the beyond the utilitarian measures that, like you know, ends justify the means, and it's what works. I'm not sure what works, right? But what we know is that in Allah, Allah is not going to change the condition of the people until I change myself. So before I decide, you know, to air out someone else's dirty laundry and and mock it, insult it, condemn it, attack it, whatever it is. Let me check the skeletons that I have in my closet, right? Because I have many skeletons in my closet. We all do. We have baggage that we're carrying that we better get rid of before we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if my hem, my daily concern is how am I, you know, uh, out there online publicly condemning and, and attacking my, my, the other, right? And whoever that other is, whether your other is uh, an activist, whether your other is a sheikh, whether your other is a Democrat, whether your other is a Republican, figure out, because most of us, we've, we've developed in this culture of like identity politics, we've developed an other. And this other has become a conduit to just fulfill and indulge our nafs, Right? We can, we can sit here and say objectively who's more true, who's more this. Fine, we can get to that conversation. Are there objective wrongs happening? Yes, objectively there are wrongs that are happening. Are there mistakes that are being made? Yes, objectively there are mistakes being made. But before we get there, as spiritual beings who care about Allah and His Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who seek Allah, this is all child's play, right? Just fast forward, go to the akhirah for a moment, ask yourself, you know, is Allah going to be, you know, uber concerned with our identity politics that we've self-constructed? I promise you, the answer is no. Okay? Allah is going to ask you, what did you do? How many prayers did you pray? How often did you make istighfar in tawbah? How many people did you help by khidmah, by being selfless, by being unknown? You know, the likes of Ali Zainul Abidin. Who, when he died, he, you know, the people of Medina would wake up and they would always find, find satchels of food on their doorsteps, and no one had any idea where these satchels came from. And then after he dies, they were washing his body, they find two like marks on his back. Clearly, he was the one carrying every morning to these people's homes. Allah is going to ask you, How much of that did you do? 
How much, how much dua did you make for the ummah, for the people that you, you had so much, so much rancor for? How much dua for their guidance did you make? Right? But was, 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 the, was, was what dominated your, your activity just being online and tweeting and texting and commenting and reacting and consuming and liking and rejecting and unsubscribing and subscribing and sharing? And, I mean, is that amal khair? Well, that's is that amal khair? That's a question that we have to just ask ourselves, right? Because people can, the, the, the gut reaction when people hear this kind of stuff is like, you know, we have to call to justice and we have to call to righteousness and goodness. But relax, what is, what is justice, right? What is justice? What is goodness? You know, you, 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 know, you, you noted it earlier, is that when I, when I condemn someone and when I attack someone, right? And I'm, I'm pursuing some sort of like subjective notion of, of, of like online justice. Is that the justice that Allah is referring to in the Quran? What is that justice that Allah is talking about, which is this, you know, inna allaha ya'muru bil adli wal ihsan. What is that adl, that justice, compared to me becoming the judge, jury, and executioner on, you know, Salim, and deciding to say, you know what, justice must be served against this man, right? Yeah. It's also interesting, Sheikh Nair, you mentioned al adli wal ihsan. So yeah. ihsan... Mm which is being excellent in delivering, you know, al-hikmah, wal-maw'id, wal-hasana, that was coupled with al-adl, you know? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not say, in Allah ya'mur bil-adl, and mm. he stopped, you know? So ihsan is coupled with al-adl. If you want to deliver some sort of piece of justice, you know, deliver it with ihsan, deliver it with some sort of etiquette and see weigh the circumstances around it and see how short or how long of a shot it's going to be. But I wanted to ask you, maybe it's our notion of, um, you know, uh, what we're doing is probably the short way or, you know, you know, Allah is going to ask me, what did I do about this massive issue? You mm -hmm. know, that's a massive injustice that's out there. Yeah. Well, I put out a status, mm -hmm. you know, Alhamdulillah, yeah. I'm done. Let's go to Panera's, you know. Yeah. So that's just one way. Of, but the other path that you're talking about is a lot more. Yeah. taxing on me as a person yeah. so uh, yeah. rather than put in a status no matter how clever and deep it is you know uh, i need to go down and i need to maybe reach out to the, even if it was an external problem there's a lot more that i can do here locally to affect some sort of change or at least like you said make sincere dua so that concept of yeah. acti activism maybe i'm not gonna we're not gonna dissect activism you know yeah, right yeah. Now, when i but, say uh, active when we yeah. say activism i want to be clear we're not talking we're talking about anyone who is actively engaged mm -hmm. <laughs> right? right is active right right forget about how the, the the term activism now has been reduced to like specific people who are in the conversation around like quote-unquote social justice issues in, in that kind of realm. Just, just put that aside for a moment. We're talking about if I am, because you can be an actively engaged sheikh, actively right, yeah. engaged. This is more know. of a generic, we're, yeah, we're talking about the process, not necessarily. Because everyone, in my estimation, is maftoon, is tried and tested by this new means of engagement. See, we have to, you know, Everyone, like I, I'm always reg regularly speaking, people will always come and they'll say, you know, what's your statement on issue X? What's your opinion of issue Y? You know, are you going to release a statement? Are you going to comment on this? 99% of the time I say absolutely not. Why do I need to comment on everything? Mm -hmm. what, why, why, why am I being constantly told that you have to comment? 
you have to release a statement. Why? On what grounds? In what conception of haqq in batil, of truth and falsehood? In what conceptions of justice and ihsan, which is not just a matter of giving justice in the form of ihsan, no, but it is elevating ihsan above justice. And that we in Islam don't have a conception of raw justice, we have a conception of merciful justice or ihsani justice. Because the pursuit of absolute justice is a, is a devastating pursuit, by the way. Do you know why? Yawm al-Qiyamah, if Allah is absolutely just with us, we're all going to be in very difficult circumstances and conditions. That's why we all enter Jannah by the mercy of Allah. His mercy, subhanahu We need mercy, right? We need merciful justice. Because sometimes justice is insufficient for what the human condition actually needs. And this, this was, you know, profoundly captured in a moment when, it's a long story, but I'll, I'll, I'll just very briefly, there was one of the companions who had a land and a child, you know, um, wanted that land, right, for, for, for to maintain his, like, property lines. And so um, he went and he asked this individual, said, can you sell me your land? And so he said, no, I want my land. So the young child went to the Prophet ﷺ and said, you know, Ya Rasulullah, this land, this individual, and so on and so forth. So the Prophet ﷺ said, can you please sell him your land? He said, no. He said, you know, if I were to, can, can you give him your, your land and I will replace your land with a much more beautiful land in Jannah? The companion said, no. So the Prophet ﷺ told the young boy, I have nothing for you. Right? But what the Prophet ﷺ was calling this man to was that this land is his haq. It's this man's haq. It's his right to have. The Prophet ﷺ was calling him to what? To ihsan. ihsan. Now the Prophet ﷺ, as a baseline, he did not he did not hold the companion accountable on the grounds of ihsan. He crowned, he held the situation accountable on the grounds of justice. of justice. But clearly all of us who are listening and saying, Come on, give the guy the right. you know, give exactly. the boy the land, right? That's what your qalb wants, that's what your nafs wants, that's what your ruh wants, your spirit, you know, the spiritual apparatus. All of us are observing, we're saying, give the boy the land. But adl is no adl adl. Justice is justice, keep the land. So Allah is commanding us adl and ihsan. And so, you know, I I I I don't believe that we were created to be in this online realm and constantly be in non-stop communication, non-stop commentary, that is unnatural, right? I am not to be compelled or obligated to speak on every single issue that comes about. Because number one, who is an expert on every issue? Who has, who created this, this idea that I must condemn every issue? You know, sometimes within the Muslim community, they will come, the Muslims will come and, and, and badger other Muslims to condemn issues. And, and by condemning that issue, you're only reinforcing a toxic frame. Let me explain what, what I mean by that. 
when 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 you have like you know Islamophobes who come to the Muslim community every single time a terrorist attack happens in any part of the world, and they say, "Do you condemn? Do you condemn?" The Muslims have basically said, oh, gi "You know, give it up already. All right, we're tired of condemning. We're not going to condemn anymore." And actually, quite the contrary. If I condemn, then I'm just reinforcing the narrative that that you have, which is the Muslims have a problem and an issue with terrorism and violence, and so. You know, every time I condemn, and there's a wonderful book by George Lakoff in this regard called, um, you know, Don't Talk About the Elephant in the Room, or something along those lines, where he says, you have to be very careful that whether you affirm or negate the frame, you're confirming the frame. Mm -hmm. You're basically saying, so I come to you and I say, you know, is, is your mother out of jail yet? Say, Khidar, is your mother out of jail yet? What do you say? Yes. You say no? <laughs> Either way, you're at a loss, right? So what do you say? I reject the question. The question is wrong. I, that's not a frame that I'm interested in. Because if I say, yes, my mother's out of jail, <laughs> then I'm affirming she was in jail. If I say no, then I'm saying she's still in jail. The frame is wrong. The question is wrong. So when I come and I'm told, you have to condemn this, you're telling me to engage a frame. Regardless of what my opinions or thoughts are, but you're telling me to engage a frame. Is this a frame that I need to engage? When I'm an imam in Boston and something happens in some other part of the country, that's a local issue with a local person, and, and, and they, get, they make a mistake, why is it my obligation to condemn that person? On what grounds? Like these are just questions that we have to ask ourselves. Sometimes I can, if there is a clear benefit to the broader Muslim community that is agreed upon by, by our scholars and our leaders and our guides and really people that we trust, Ahlul Halli Wal Aqd, right? People of, of, of knowledge and expertise who come together and say, we need to make a statement. That's one thing. But if, the, if, if, if every single person now, <laughs> we're going to get into this place of, you know, online justice or the justice of the masses to dictate where justice lies and where, where virtue lies, that's chaos. Because that's when you start to go back into times of quote-unquote antiquity, when you have mob rule, right? right? <laughs> and we, 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 cannot, we cannot suffer under the, the false pretenses of, of justice governed by mob rule, right? Because no one will survive that. You know, you may be safe today, but if you slip up in front of the mob, you oh, will yeah. be devoured tomorrow. Right, so this the whole apparatus is one that I want us to put in in, in question because there's something wrong with this apparatus. This is not a, a genuine pursuit of, you know, of of justice through 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 a, a legal process of adjudication, right? Really measuring and weighing out, you know, what is and what is not, rather than just operating off of perception, or operating off of off of hearsay or you know, false information, or, or half-truths, right? And then concluding categorically what is. You know, so th this whole process you know, requires us first and foremost to stop, think about ourselves, judge ourselves, question ourselves. Ya Allah, sitrak, sitrak ya Rab. You know, ya Allah, <laughs> I, need, I need you to, to preserve and protect me. Wala tafdahni. Oh Allah, don't expose me in the dunya or the akhirah. As the, our, our awalun would say, if, 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 the, if the scent of our sins were to, were to be made public, if you will, 
then we would not tolerate being within 10 feet of each other. And that's the haqiqah for all of us. Our sins are, 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 are so real that if they were to be given a scent, we would not tolerate being in each other's presence. So one of the things that, um, that you've been, you talked about and is, is this idea of being measured. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something um, that is quite alien to this apparatus of um, this immediacy of the keeping it real idea of mm. social media, especially because it's just like it's right there and you need to like immediately respond. What is it in, the, in our tradition about this idea of number one of deliberation? Because as you just had mentioned, like if something happens and you're asked like, oh, what do you say about this? And of course, like if you don't say anything at that time in this sort of keeping it real um, way of thinking, the idea might be like, well, this guy's not being real. Mm-hmm. This guy's not, he's not telling you what he really thinks because mm-hmm. he has to think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has to deliberate about it. He can't say it immediately. He has to like, mm-hmm. and, or it's a way of avoiding the issue, which is mm-hmm. another um, allegation made. Mm-hmm. So what about the concept of, 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 of deliberating on an issue and choosing to, um, you know, address the issue or sometimes, sometimes, you know, as you said, you may not need to address the issue, but like, how do you, what in our tradition is, is, is it gives us guidance about the need to like, okay, just step back, hold, hold our horses. And like, let me think about this. Let me consult with others before coming out and, 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 and speaking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think everything about our tradition compels us to be thoughtful, to be critical, to be very measured, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He compels us, when He commands us to call to the way of Allah, ud'u ila sabili rabbika bil hikmah, wal mawa'idha al hasana, wajadilhum billatihi ahsan. Call to the way of Allah with wisdom. And wisdom is, is, a, is a vast realm of how to be wise. Wisdom requires that you, you're, you're thoughtful about the trickeries of the mind and fallacious arguments and false constructions of ideas operating off of false premises, being careful not to fall into logical fallacies because the mind is an apparatus and its logic and its capacity to, 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 to cognate and to think and to reflect and to contemplate and to arrive at conclusions. There is a, there is a measured, responsible, objective way of going about doing that or at least to the best of one's capacity or just to be in a frenzied state with no control of our minds our minds having been you know fully subverted to our subjective nefs and allowing that to dictate what my mind will do right because you want to make sure that you are you're you're compelling your your lower nefs to submit to your higher nafs, your higher self. And that's why you're, you're mukarram. The reason why we are dignified beings is because we have the ability to think and reflect. Verily, we have dignified the son of Adam because the son of Adam is the being that has the capacity to know truth and to know the ultimate truth, and that is Allah. And to be able to decipher and to think and reflect and distinguish. And so... Of course, my first responsibility is to take not one step back, to, to walk all the way back, to say what is and what is not. To judge a given matter is simply an extension 
of what I know about a given matter. So what my perception is, how much time I've spent in asking the relevant questions, meaningful questions, really trying to understand what is, and then I give a judgment, perhaps. Or maybe I just come to a point where I say, yeah, this is way above my pay grade. I, 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 I don't know how to comment on this issue. You know, one of, you know... Uh, and that's, was, a humi- that's a humility that um, is, is not um, honored these days. Because, because you know, if you don't... Yeah, if, if we have to realize that we know nothing. You know, statistically, our knowledge is insignificant compared to absolute knowledge, which is the knowledge of Allah. Like our knowledge, like in the story of Musa and Khidr, when the bird took a peck from the sea... And he said, that is the likeness of our knowledge, the knowledge of Allah. That one peck of water from the sea, from the endless ocean. So if I, if I operate with a self-awareness and I'm being true to my true self, <laughs> right? Which is, wow, I really don't know anything. And, and as Imam al-Shafi'i said, كُلَّمَا ازْدَدْتُ عِلْمًا ازْدَدْتُ عِلْمًا بِجَهْلِ The more I increase in knowledge, the more I realize I know very little. So how is it that I'm a 20-year-old and I'm so confident, I'm so confident about what it is, you know, should be done? How is it that I'm a 30-year-old and I'm so certain about how we should be socially engaged and politically involved? And I'm saying it with like, haq yaqeen. You know, Ainul Yaqeen, that this is what must be, and anyone who's not following suit is someone who who is who has it wrong. Let's just put it nicely. Someone who 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 who's deluded, someone who is is not real, someone who's scared, you know. Why why is that necessarily the case? Perhaps wisdom necessitates the lack of engagement at times. Perhaps wisdom at times necessitates that you say a righteous word in front of an oppressive ruler. Perhaps. But when and who decides that, I promise you, is not going to be at the level of every single person defining that for themselves. And this is where you have what is known as nihilistic leveling, where there's no more hierarchy of ideas. It's all the same thing. You know, what you have to say is exactly what what I have to say, and we are absolutely equal and leveled in that regard. So whether you have, you know, 17 PhDs and expertise in a particular field of mathematics, and you've really spent, you know, decades fine-tuning your craft, compared to me coming in as a first-year university mathematics student, and I say, well, that's just your opinion. My opinion is otherwise. That type of that type of chaos of thought where we all have equal ideas all the time and that if you don't validate my opinion, then you are an oppressive person, right? So when my son Zaid tells me that, you know, he wants to climb over the balcony, right, to go get a ball that's, you know, three floors down, and I say that's a bad idea, he is more than justified to say, that's just your opinion. However, my opinion is that this is a valid pursuit because I want the ball and the ball is, is mine and I want to play with it. 
and I'm Superman. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I, I'm giving a, a, you know, a seemingly facetious example, but to articulate something that is much more profound because... That shows you, the absurdity of it. It is know? absurd because when you look at the scholars of our past, I mean, the more they increase in knowledge, when you go to the likes of Imam Malik, right, who was, during his time, he was Imam al-Ummah. Imam Ahlul Madinah was Imam al-Ummah. Yusharu ilayhi al-Banan. He was the, 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 the Imam of the, the Ummah. And people would point fingers at him. Oh, he is the greatest of, of scholars. And the famous story of the man who goes from al-Maghrib, al-Aqsa, right, all the way in, 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 in far Morocco, traveling all the way to Medina, bringing these hosts of questions to Imam Malik. And Imam Malik is, is asked 40 questions. And 36 of those questions, he says, La alam, la adri. I don't know. And this man is saying, you know, the people are waiting and we've come to you because we know that you are the Imam of, of Ahlul Madinah, you are the Imam of the Ummah. And what should I tell people? Very simple. Tell them Imam Malik did not know. It's that simple. When you realize that you will die, you will leave this world knowing pretty much nothing, right? Statistically speaking, once again, insignificant amount of knowledge, even if you've lived for 80, 90 years. What you'll know about the, phys the, the physical realm. We barely comprehend, you know, I don't know what percent of our body. Every single day you have billions and billions, if not trillions of dollars going into medical research, trying to understand the nature of human physiology. And it's still a vastly unknown realm. We still know very little about the physical realm. What's, what's really going on in the depths of the seas? What's happening at the, you know, in the solar systems? Every day, the Hubble telescope comes back and you know, shows us images of realms, you know, physical realms, solar systems way beyond our comprehension, our understanding, that we can't even like, mathematically really meaningfully calculate and, and visualize. So we know nothing. So let's relax. Let's take a step back. Let's develop a, a spirit of, of humility, a spirit of shura, taking counsel with people that we respect, being calm in our emotions and not to, to jump. Don't, don't worry, the world, you know, people, people because the, the world is so fast-paced, we think that if I'm not moving at an equally, if not faster pace, then things are going to fall apart. You have no control over anything. Relieve yourself of that. You're not the one who's going to ensure with certainty the justice of the people that you're seeking justice for. You're not the one who's going to be absolutely the one who ensures that right happens, whether you're a sheikh or a quote-unquote activist, whatever those things mean. You know, you have to relax because it's not your kalima that with certainty is going to fix the problem. That's not to say that sometimes when after a measured methodical, thoughtful approach, you come out and you say something, and you say it with a sense of, oh Allah, accept if this is good, forgive me if I've spoken out of line, please guide me to what is best, Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna tiba'a, show me truth as truth and bless me to follow it, show me falsehood as falsehood and help me to stay away from it that before I come out and I say something, I've really gone through a process of like divine prophetic filtering, and then I, I speak, especially when it comes to umur al-amma. Because the Prophet warned us. He says, I warn you of the end of times, yantiqu fihi ar-ruwaybida. That there will come a time when the ruwaybida are speaking. Man hum ar-ruwaybida ya Rasulullah? Ar-rajul at-tafih 
يتكلم في أمور الناس It is the, or كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم It is the simple person The simpleton, the ignoramus Who speaks to the masses Right? So we can objectively say that the majority, the overwhelming majority of us are ignorant about the truth of what's happening, even politically, even socially. Like we, we come into these, we're, you know, we were born into these worlds, we see a certain social dynamic playing out, there's a conversation between liberals and conservatives. We don't question the frame, we just jump right into it head first, we think that this is the entirety of the world, so we bring lofty concepts of justice and ihsan and whatever, and we just reduce it into a simple push and pull between liberals and conservatives, lefties and righties and whatever that stuff is, as if that is our world. No, wallahi, our world, we have to stop and say, hold on, I'm not someone who really embraces this frame. I'm not going to embrace necessarily the frame of left and right. Why? Who said that that's the frame? Qu question your frames. Question, question the narratives that you're being compelled to respond to. If you're being told that this is the question, the question is, are you for this or against this? Well, like I said, is your mother in jail or not? Question the question, because the question is wrong. The question is not a necessary one. And that's, for me, as I operate today, that's a lot of where I find myself. I'm sorry, I'm not here or there. I'm not going to play into identity politics where you have to be with me or against me. And that's, that's a lot of what I see playing out on both sides. Because in the Muslim community, I feel we have, we have two you know, threads playing out. We have people who are, you know, who've become like, who, you know, left-leaning advocates and then right-leaning advocates. And we're playing out this whole like, you know, crossfire, <laughs> you know, the, 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 that show that used to yeah, be, yeah. you know, the crossfire reality, where it's like, like who, who can give the better shot? You know, and who can expose the other one quicker? I'm not sure what that is. Other than perhaps a lot of nefs that's just, you know, it clashing with each other. So one of the things that you, um, you mentioned uh, was uh, prophetic filtering. And I wanted to bring it back to a little bit broader level about this keeping it real idea in terms of the discourse that occurs. Um, a lot of times when... Uh, this idea of keeping it real is like, you know, it's, it's unfiltered. It's just like, you know, just whatever's in me and how, how I, what I, what I think, what I believe, I'm just going to say it as I say, as, as I believe it or say it, say it as it is. And, um, you know, there, there, there can be some, uh, you know, necessary times where that, that's a positive thing, but there's also a lot of negatives to it in the sense that if what we're saying, um, especially depending on the audience that we're saying to. And, and that's almost almost a moot question these days because with social media and our sort of global culture, whatever we say now is basically broadcast to a, com a full audience. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, mm -hmm. if you're in a, a lecture hall, you have a certain audience, like if you're an academic professor and you're speaking about a very specific topic to like your PhD or candidate students, mm -hmm. that's to an audience of them. So someone who's coming from outside is not going to understand that. But now yeah. when we speak, it's like whatever I say, it's going to go to a, a, a broad audience. So there's this idea, though, in the keeping it real that that doesn't matter, that I can just say whatever and, you know, and not realizing that for some people in that audience, some people of that global audience, they're not going to understand what I'm saying mm -hmm. or they're going to be very offended what I, by what I'm saying. Um, and but it's just like, well, that, that doesn't matter. I just yeah. otherwise I'm not keeping it real. I just got to yeah. say what I say. And if people are offended, well, that's their problem. But, you know, we, we're here to, for discussion. We're here to talk. And like, you know, that's that's their issue, not mine. 
I mean, why are we here? <laughs> you know, what, what is it? I mean, why are we here is a question. Once again, like what are our questions that we're negotiating? We have to, when you talk about prophetic filtering, what are the questions that I should be negotiating? Why am I here? Why am I here in this dunya? Is it to make sure that this person that I view as my arch nemesis or this idea that I view as my, is that I have to do everything in my power without filter, without uh, you know, being unapologetic, regardless of what side of the spectrum I'm on, is that my obligation in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What does it mean, ud'u ila sabili rabbika bil hikmah? Number one, ud'u ila, call to. Allah, you know, that's informative, that's constructive in the language of social theorists. Call to, call to what? Call to the way of Allah. What is the way of Allah? Right, so when Allah says call to, call to what? Call to the way of Allah. What is the way of Allah? Is the way of Allah my notions of what religious practice should be? Mine? Just mine because, you know, I studied for five, ten years and I have some, you know, whatever and or I studied for 20 years and I, or I didn't study anything but I, you know, I, I like an Islam that, that is that's open-minded and easy and, and, and one that really is, it resonates with people. So I'm going to advocate for that Islam or that, you know, I, 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 you know, this is clearly an injustice that has to be resolved and so I'm going to call to that and I'm going to spend 30, 40 years of my life calling people to resolving this particular injustice. Is that the way of Allah? Could potentially be, but you have to ask yourself that question because call to the way of Allah first. Make sure you're not calling to the way of Yasir. You make sure you're not calling to the way of Ghaydar. Make sure you're not calling to the way of Salim. Because if that's your reality, then you're, you're challenging Allah. You're putting your nafs in an exaggerated state where my impulses, desires, my... Listen, we're, we're billions of people on this earth. Let's not forget that. And if we keep on reducing this process of living and, and, and advocating only for what I feel and know and think, regardless if I'm 15, 10, 20, or even 100, if, if I reduce this whole process of of being able to speak and convey and talk and call to just me and what I like or what I like and what my group likes, then we're going to enter into endless chaos. It's not gonna just be one or two groups, it's gonna be endless permutations of groups. And then groups will have factions and fractions within those groups. And that's why every person has an obligation to stay quiet first, right? And I, I can't emphasize this. So number one, are you calling to the way of Allah or not? Ask yourself that question, because that's what Allah's gonna ask you. You spoke, you spent, Ghidad, you spent 40 years online advocating with these groups and uh, aligning with those entities. Why? Was it for Sabilullah? When the scholars talk about in Allah bil adl, all of the Mufassirun are in consensus where they say that the first right, because when you talk about adl justice, you're talking about upholding rights. The first right that must be upheld is the right of Allah. So if you say Salim is a disenfranchised group, and so you know what? We have to uphold and we have to support and we have to mobilize for Salim to make sure that he's given his rights. What his rights mean is obviously a big question because we've also in that space of rights has become a subjective concept. Like, you know, my I want Salim's rights means that he gets to do whatever he wants, however he wants, without question. Is that right? 
you know, pun intended, is that the right for him? But before that, before I even get into that space of Salim's rights, there is Allah's right. Allah has huquq, He has rights. And we have to, if we want to be advocates for someone's rights, first and foremost, it has to be for the rights of Allah. But then at the same time, you have uh, a number of folks who have the right intention, quote-unquote, uh, well, they do have, without quote-unquote, actually, they do have the right intention, and they do, and, and that's a lot of what we see in Masajid scene, you know, where they come along and they view something as the right of Allah, you know, and then they just press gas on this mm -hmm. bad boy all mm -hmm. the way, you know, until they destroy the entire message. Well, I mean, and that's just that you level know? of that knowing your audience because like there's, you have to have a maturity and an understanding of your responsibility because I think what you're speaking to Laidar is what I think we see a lot is that like you have this idealism or you have this, like, well, I'm speaking, I'm going to keep it real, I'm going to call to the, mm -hmm. you know, to the right of Allah and um, that may, the way you do that may breed a worse a worse, a yeah. worse, you know, no, no hikmah. Yeah. Because I didn't. By the way, I didn't get the hikmah yet. Right. <laughs> I'm still talking about calling yeah. to Allah. Absolutely. Because you're asking a question like, well, if I think this is the because I I I sincerely believe 99% of the people who are out there, activists, quote unquote, whatever that term means, and I know it's a it's a it's a it's a heavy term and it's a loaded term, or quote unquote mashayikh or quote unquote whatever whatever person that's out there and advocating for something. I believe that the overwhelming majority of those people are sincere people. They have goodness in their heart. They have an idea of good that they're trying to promote. But that's not sufficient. Sincerity alone, insufficient. Sincerity alone, you can sincerely, sincerely out of sincerity, murder someone, right? You can sincerely, like, this person, because I feel so strongly about how evil this person is, then I will sincerely murder them out of sincerity. Don't, 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 I mean, understand that. So sincerity, it's a human impulse. Overwhelming majority of people are sincere. Very few people are like, you know, like objectively like demonic evil people who are just pure manifestations of sharr. But you have to take a step back because, okay, I'm sincere, you're sincere, you're, we're all sincere. But what does that mean? doesn't mean much. We have to go back to what is objectively the best thing. That's why when you look at the project of the ulama, it was always arriving at ghalab al dhan The entire project of fiqh is ghalab al dhan Ya Allah, this is our best estimation after a lot of academic rigor, intellectual rigor, questioning, asking, researching, processing, studying, assessing, analyzing, this is our best possible estimation of what should be done. A very exhaustive process, you know? And, and, and so calling to the way of Allah is first, but you have to do that with hikmah. And hikmah necessitates an exhaustive process of analyzing the world as it is. Because when the Prophet ﷺ was initially commanded to read Iqra, he was commanded, as Imam al-Ghazali said, to read two types of things. Number one, قِرَاءَةٌ لِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ الْمَنْظُورِ وَقِرَاءَةٌ لِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ الْمَسْطُورِ Reading the written world, the seen world, and then written, re sorry, 
reading this, the, the book of Allah that is seen and then reading the book of Allah that is written. And reading requires analysis, contemplation, thoughtfulness. That's why I was referring earlier to logic. Do we really process thoughts logically? Logic was always studied as a tool to organize the mind. Are you arranging your arguments meaningfully? Does one plus one equal two in your argument or not? Perhaps you're missing a one, perhaps you're missing a plus sign. <laughs> perhaps you're missing an entire premise and you've arrived at two without any foundation, which is the case all the time now. I mean, the amount of logical fallacies, the amount of false arguments, the amount of, um, uh, of, of problematic leaps of logic and leaps of understanding. And I'm, all of these terms, they, they weigh in in the, in the study of logic. Is un it's rampant. It's chaos. It's like, uh, and if you, if you think to question the premises, what happens? I will be crucified. <laughs> are you, you are a bigot. You're a bigot. Why? Because you questioned my thoughts. Why am I a bigot? Why, why am I an evil person? Because I'm, I'm asking questions. Now, if you're saying, if you're saying that my questions are insincere, then you're entering into a space that is Allah's realm and not your realm, right? But you have to analyze the questions as they are. Are they meaningful or are they not? Are they good questions, bad questions? Let's, let's have that conversation. As a Muslim community, perhaps we all just take a step back, every side of the spectrum, and says, are we talking about the right thing here? You know, sometimes when you get into a conversation and you're like, you start your meeting, I'm sure all of you, you know, I was in the corporate world and I know both of you are in the corporate world, you start a meeting at one level, one place, and then after a couple of hours, it gets reduced into this like small little tit for tat because the other day you were supposed to get me dark roast and you got me light roast, right? And then like the whole table is like going crazier over like roasts of coffee. Hold on, we came in here to talk about, you know, the budget for this year. How are we talking about coffee? I think that's what is happening to the Muslim community. The question that should absolutely animate our mind is Sabirullah, the path of Allah. That is the, abs the, 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 the preeminent, dominant question that should animate everything we think about. But we've, we, we, we may have started there perhaps, maybe. Maybe some did, some didn't. But we are in a place where we're like tit for tat arguing over coffee right now. And we need to just take a step back. And so that's why I'm saying, you know, I know there's, I mean, people may hear this and say, okay, you know, this, you know, I, I just kind of just stay quiet and be docile. And no, 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 no. Don't be quiet and docile. Necessarily. Sometimes it's good to be quiet and docile. I'm not trying to censor anyone and say, you don't have the right to speak or no, no, no. Everyone has the right to speak. <laughs> you know, right now, you can speak, go ahead, speak. You can say, salamu alaikum. You can curse, you can yell, you can scream, you can shout, you can do, you have the right. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you that right. But if we're going to be nusaha, we're going to be, you know, best of, of, of trusting advisors for one another, perhaps it's a question like, you know, what should I be saying? Should I, should I be saying anything at all? That's all hikmah. And hikmah is a broad field. So, ila sabili rabbika, number one. Number two, bil hikmah. 
Number three, in the most excellent possible way. Ihsan, excellence. Now, if you take the concept of Ihsan and just reduce it into, for example, you preparing your suit for your wedding day. And you think about yourself. You're you're literally like, I'm sure when you trim your beard, it's like every hair, is it lined up perfectly? You know, it's, it's like every hair in the comb over or the whatever, you know, is it, it what, perfect? Whatever's left of it. <laughs> <laughs> whatever's left of it now. <laughs> is everything perfectly kind of aligned? Is the, you know, is the tie kind of one centimeter to the left? So you, you will... You will obsess in front of a meter for hours just to make sure you look perfect because you're going to take that one picture that you're never going to look at again. <laughs> that's 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 a you know a concept of ihsan, right? Just just let's manifest it in the just to give people some reference. What if I were to take that into the realm of ideas and how I present ideas, how I convey ideas? You know, why do you likuli maqam in maqal? For every space or, or, or circumstance, there's a certain statement or type of speech. I'll tell you, I'll very, very honest, very honest. Most of my classes are not public. They're not online. They're not live streamed. Right? That's not, that's not a, a way in which I, I, there, there's a space for me to have a conversation with Salim on the microphone, and then we'll turn off the microphones and we'll have another conversation. If Salim, Salim, right now you make a mistake. Is the hikmah and the mawa'id al-hasana to correct you right now and say, Salim, why are you doing that with your shirt? Say, why are you telling me? Why it's, we're on the mic. We're, on, we're live. Why are you telling me? Can't you just wait until... If right? the listeners can only see what's going on with my shirt right now, you know what Shaq Yasser is talking about. No, there's nothing just going on. I just, I just chose a random thing, right? There's no, he's, he looks beautiful, mashallah. May Allah increase him and beautify his inside and his outside, Ya Rabbi. The, but if I were to do that, you would say like, I mean, that's just out of line. Like you could have just waited until the mic was off and talked to me about whatever you want to talk to me about. Number one, for a lot of us, that's no longer even an option because we're sure. not, we're like, we've put up barriers between each other where it's like, don't judge me. Don't talk to me. Don't even look at me. Don't look at me the way I don't like to be looked at. And a lot of that is reactionary because there's been a lot of toxic judging, right? Right. And there's been a lot of just edicts thrown at people and it's so like people, the pendulum had to go all the way to the other side precisely yeah. and I, I understand that but but now I just want to be honest with myself right <laughs> right I want to be true to my true self which is a person who desires to be in loving surrender to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so I say wallahi there was yes the haq was that I should have not said this here and I should have waited until we were off air to talk to you and to share with you and actually Ghaidar should not be in the room and we should, and I should do it when I talk to you. I should do it with beautiful love. And I say, Wallahi, you know, Salim, you know how much I love you, and I care about you. And as a brother, you know, I, I, I want to give you this nasiha lillah. Don't do that. It's not a good thing. And here's why. And then you say, Zakallah khair. Alhamdulillah, barakallah fiq. You may not take it. You may not accept it. You may not agree with it. So there's clearly a, a, an idea of likulli maqam and maqal, right? That every circumstance can have. A way in which you speak, but the, for the default to be that we know with certainty, and I, I'm, I, you know, with, with, a, with a great level of confidence, okay, forget about certainty, with a great level of confidence, the majority of how we call each other out is not done with ihsan or hikmah. It's done with just knee jerk, right? 
like, you know, when the, the doctor comes and he hits the little hammer on your knee and you kick, we're just bucking out there like horses, you know, you, you step out, you step out of line, I'm going to kick you. I'm going to, you know, knee jerk reaction to what you're doing. That's not hakim, that's not hikmah, that's not wisdom or ihsan or excellence or beauty in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's, that's what defines our call. That's what must define every time we speak. And once again, what are you advocating for? Why is it necessary that Salim speaks? Ask yourself that question. Right? Sometimes it may be that, you know what, Salim has to speak out because there is a clear zulm, oppression against Ghidar, and Ghidar is about to be held accountable by the courts. And if Salim does not speak up, then this person will be wronged and thrown into prison for a certain amount of time. So Salim, I have to speak. Yes, that's an honorable speech. That is a just, that is something that is, you know, that, that is dignified when you do that. But that's, I promise you, not the case for the 99% of the speech that we engage in and the calling out. And, and, and just as on Nasiha for myself and all of my brothers and sisters, be careful. Be careful because you know the skeletons in your closet. You know what you have hiding. And you don't want to be exposed. I'm not, listen, there are, there are certain people who may, call, may really be a cause of public harm and require a certain level of public scrutiny. I'm not denying that they may, that may need to happen, may need to happen. It's not the standard. It may need to happen. However, if I bring that as a default and I am the primary advocate for it or a, a part of the teams of throngs of advocates for that, and I'm, then I'm making myself very vulnerable and susceptible to being exposed myself. La shamata. You know this concept of la shamata? Don't, don't be in a place where you say, ah, oh, you see, Ghidar, oh, I knew it. I knew it. You see that? <laughs> I got it. And I put it out there. I put it on blast. You know, we need to put this on blast. Share widely. You are advocating for something to be shared widely. You are the one who proactively was the person who decided for yourself to put something out there. You better be very, 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 very confident that you're doing the right thing. You better check yourself, check yourself, check yourself a thousand times. You, you, you think about it, talk about right, talk to a hundred people. Imam Malik did not speak about the deen until he consulted with 70 of the scholars of Medina. Right? All of us. I, I, mean, I, am, I am someone who is in a very dangerous position as I am putting myself in a post to speak about the deen of Allah. I'm playing with fire. Wallahi, I'm playing with fire every day. Just so you know. Because the first people to, thrown into, to be to thrown into Jahannam are whom? Mashayikh. The first people to be thrown into Jahannam are shiuch. Why? You know, you became a sheikh, anka sheikh. You became a sheikh to be said that, oh, this person is a sheikh. فَقَدْ And it was said. You got your word. فَيُؤْخَذْ فَيُقْذَفُ فِي النَّارِ person is taken, thrown into Jahannam. Yes, it was said. 
Sheikh so and so and you know Busil uh, Ayadi and the hands were kissed and the whatever whatever and the carpet was rolled out and all that stuff was done. Khir, you wanted that? Yalla. Jahannam. There you go. You got it. You're playing with what once you choose to speak, you're playing with fire. So just make sure that what you're saying is khair, objectively good, meaningful, pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that takes work. It takes a lot of... That's why, you know, philosophical inquiry in human history is all about asking the right questions. It's not about having the right answers. You will very rarely really get the right answers. But make sure you're asking the right questions. And just don't, don't succumb to the premises that are out there and the thoughts and the impulses and, and what everyone's telling you to do and think because this is how the masses are moving. Don't be an imma. Don't be a ruwaybida, you know. Don't be a simple person or ignoramus who's speaking to the masses. And don't be an imma. If the, if the people say this way, you go this way. And the people say go that way, that go that way. Today there are certain social concerns that everyone is saying you have to weigh in on. Advocate for this, you know. This issue of transgenderism comes into the fore. And now, overnight, every single person has to have clear ideas around this issue. Are you for or against? And we feel, we feel like we have guns to our head to make a decision. Like this is like some sort of like, you know, mafioso type of space. We're all like on, on chairs in a dim lit room with a, you know, <laughs> a little light bulb on top of our head. You know, are you going to speak or not? Right? Are you gonna, <laughs> you know, are you gonna, are you gonna squeal or not? And we say, well, I, I have to think. I have to think about this. I, I, I don't. I, I have to make sense of what this whole thing is. Why? Why is there this question of transgenderism today? Where did it come from? What does it mean historically? Where, where? What's the historical progression of the question of transgenderism? What are the philosophical implications? Who are the drivers of this question in the first place in the public sphere? What type of, 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 of figures, factors, beneficiaries are at play in this conversation? What does this conversation mean socially? What does it mean politically? What does it mean spiritually? What does it mean theologically? What does it mean emotionally, psychologically? There are endless considerations. I, I need to think about this. What I do know is, لَعَلَّكَ بَاخِعُنْ نَفْسَكَ Perhaps, Ya Muhammad, you were going to kill yourself out of your care for people. So, the Prophet ﷺ was a person who cared about people, and he was rahmah, and he loved people. So, I'm, I'm, I love, wallahi, I love people. I love you, I love everyone that I see around me. I love people, lillah. And, and I want khayr for people. I want people who are doing a lot of evil to stop doing evil. Because I don't want them to be in an evil state. I want them to stop doing evil. Regardless of what that evil is, the types of evil you may be doing, or not. I'm, I, moved, I moved beyond, just in general. You, I may be a, 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 an abuser, a, a, a real vile person, like someone who, who's just, you know, someone who's committed rape or something. Don't, that's, don't do that. That's evil. That's bad. Stop that. Right? You do that why out of care and love and compassion and rahmah, right? You don't want because you, you don't want to see evil on earth and you don't want to see people in evil states. So what I know is, 
But what my opinion is and what my social discourse should be, what my political stance should be, should I vote on a measure, should I not? <laughs> it's heavy business. And, and so, the, you know, I, I, we need to contemplate. We need to contemplate and think about it. And, and if we're not going to be given room to consider very nuanced, complex issues in a measured fashion, with a nice cup of coffee, right, in a relaxed state, and the only binary that we're going to allow ourselves to operate in is, are you with us or against us? Then we're just asking for chaos, and we're asking for endless discord between not just one or two or three, but endless permutations of groups. Because if that's the only thing that we're going to be reducing things, are you with me or against me? Don't think about it. No, 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 no. It's a matter of justice. It's a matter of equality. It's a matter of righteousness. You have to decide right now. If you're not with me, you're against me. Right? Or on the other side, if you even consider, you know, a conception of, okay, well, how can I absorb people? Think about the fact that I have Muslims who are struggling with, with many of these social issues, themselves struggling with questions of homosexuality or transgenderism. How do I, in the quote-unquote religious space, address those questions? How do I absorb people, thoughtfully speak to them, address their concerns and their issues, whatever pains and struggles and challenges they're facing? If I start to do that, then I'm compromising the religious ethos and I'm someone who needs to just you be out there and you have to categorically reject because you get pressured from all sides to follow a certain, to sing to someone's tune, right? Everyone wants you to sing to a particular tune, right? And we have to be careful not to be, to succumb to those pressures. So, you know, I, I, I really hope and pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us tawfiq to live fi sabilihi, you know? This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran says, This is my path. We want to live in that path. And we want to just make sure that you know, we stay on that path and we don't exit. You know, because the, we, we weren't paying attention, the GPS, <laughs> you know, we just we saw something that we liked, or the GPS told me to exit and I shouldn't because Waze has um, ridiculous, <laughs> Waze is obsessive in how it tells you to reroute <laughs> and, and exit. So you exit here and you exit there because, you know, people were telling you you have to exit. Just stay on the path. It's okay. It was Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> right? Stay on the path. But don't go too fast. Don't go too slow. Just, you know, go in the middle lane. Relax. Look, have some time to, to listen to something meaningful. Have a nice, healthy conversation. Look out. You know, something is going to come your way. You know, get out of that way. <laughs> Sometimes you may have to stop the car, remove a harm from the path. But stay on the path and do it carefully. If you're a careful driver who's, who's just thoughtful, who's neither, you know, uh, undercompensating or overcompensating, just thoughtful. You see someone with a flat tire, you pull over and help them. You travel the dunya and this. Just walk gently on this earth. Walk calmly. Walk in a measured way. That's all. That's all we need to do. And the ignorant people speak to you, say, Salam, peace. You know, so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us I mean, I mean, to I mean, realize yeah. these truths in our, in our life. And I mean. may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to, 
to be people who who employ hikmah in Amen. all of our affairs who 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 employ ihsan in all of our affairs whether it's the way we speak the way we act the way we talk to our friends and family the way we speak online or inshallah we speak a lot less online <laughs> you know and we speak a lot more to allah you know perhaps Amen. if we if we just change the equation a bit Ramadan is coming. Ramadan is in a few days. I'm not sure when this is going to be. It's going to be like months from now. So. Months from now. <laughs> it's not yeah. Ramadan. It's for <laughs> next year. <laughs> next Ramadan. <laughs> oh. But nonetheless, inshallah, there's always, regardless of Ramadan or not, speak to Allah. Speak to Him a lot. If you, if you want to speak somewhere and you need a platform to speak and air everything, Allah is the best platform yeah. to do that. Wallahi, it's not Facebook. You're not going to get any emotional, social, psychological satiation or healing by doing this stuff online. It's probably going to cause more agitation. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's precisely it. Yeah. So speak to Allah a lot more. Speak a lot less in the horizontal realm. Yeah. Speak a lot more in the vertical realm. Right? Right? But do that a lot more. So speak to Allah. And... Air all of your pains and your worries and your fears and your anxieties and your concerns to Allah. And say, Sitrak ya Rabb, Lutfak ya Rabb, your, your protection ya Allah, your gentle subtlety, you know, and care with me ya Allah, in my affairs and, and, and a'udhu bik, and I live in your refuge. وَلَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِكَ And I have no power or might except through you. حَسْبِيَ اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلُ Allah is sufficient for me. Right? And the best of those to be relied on. Live in that realm and then make decisions. Who you're going to get married to. You know, how you're going to vote. <laughs> you know, how you're going to engage in a, in a particular activity. How you're going to live in the space of the masjid. What are you going to advocate for? In the masjid, you know, are you going to come into the masjid and just, you know, bare-chested and just jump in and say, this is what the masjid should be? You can say, hold on, I'm going to come in. Okay, number one, this is the house of Allah. So let me be very careful. I walk into the house of Allah. What am I calling for? Why am I calling for these things in the house of Allah? Is it for the pleasure of Allah or is it because it's going to be good for me as, as, as Yasir? Because there are people who want the house of Allah to be for them. And that's everyone. You know, there are those, the conservatives who want the house of Allah to be one way, the quote-unquote liberals who want to be the, the house of Allah to be another way. Hold on, why am I advocating for this? So the more time you spend in communication ma'Allah, the more inshallah you are ensured that your steps are meaningful. Right? So make sure your qalb is mu'allaq billah, your limbs are engaging the world, but your limbs are engaging the world informed by a qalb that is connected to Allah. Jazakallah khair, Shaykh. So unfortunately, we, we, um, we'll have to close it up here. But I, I think you, you've actually given some very um, beautiful alternative uh, definitions of how, how, what we should consider about keeping it real. And I think the verse that you quoted at the end and about the Ibad al-Rahman in Surah Al-Furqan is actually an excellent way of actually thinking of this topic quite differently. And, and I, yeah, so, and, and subhanAllah, it's, it's, it's also a very good wrap up how, how I was also listening to you towards the end. You said like, just, you know, vent to Allah instead of right. venting to, keep it real with to Allah. the others and you know, keep, yeah. it Allah. Allah. keep it real with Allah. Yeah. And, and, you know, with that being said, you know, you want his mercy at the end, you know, in your affairs. So if you want to, if you want his mercy, subhanAllah, then be merciful with the others. 
and and I was always thinking like, well, you know, like in Allah Yamul Adli Wal Ihsan Wa Itai Dil Kurba, you know. And then people think about you know being good or giving to your kin or being good mm-hmm. either emotionally or otherwise to your kin. But then I was like, what? Uh, macro level it is uh, uh, what better way to think of it as well in the macro level they will qurba you know it's you the other fellow muslims you know brothers and sisters you know between you there's la ilaha illallah so they'll just give to them you know like try to extend the hand instead of just being extending the the call out you know maybe extend some helping hand see maybe there's a background they're coming from that you do not see you know and uh, so Allah Adam Allah just increase us in Adam and family I mean I'd like to thank you Sheikh Yasser for Baraka taking your time out and, and being with us today having. and uh, for being absolutely uh, here. Allah and thank you to all the listeners uh, for um, joining us for another podcast if you haven't already please subscribe to the podcast um, visit imanwar.com for latest podcast episodes and articles and we hope to see you again please share the, the podcast also with um, anyone you think may benefit and until then assalamualaikum peace be unto you awesome.